With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's so much truth there. If we could just get a hold of it. I'm not going to preach out of the songbook. But I tell you, uh, it's great. I mean, it's totally based off scripture. Goes along so well with what we studied this week in Vacation Bible School. In Vacation Bible School, the first night we learned that God was in control of everything. He was the one that created everything. But then the second night, but sin messed everything up. Because, you know what, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't Jesus' sin, it was our sin, right? You know, and in that second verse of that song where it talks about that uh, on the cross where Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. You know what? Because Christ did something wrong. But if we ever get in our, if we can ever grasp that Jesus died in our place, we should receive that wrath of God. But because he loved us so much, he took our sin on the cross for us. Right? And we can just praise him because God's wrath toward us was satisfied with Christ's sacrifice on the cross. But I'm glad it did not end there. Even though he was there in the grave, he came back for it. And we can know that he is God's son. God himself, because he rose from the dead. And we serve a living Savior today. I mean, can't you just say Amen about that, huh? I mean, can't we do better than that? Can't we say amen about that? You know what? At times, I I heard uh, heard a fellow just this past week. I listened to a few messages past, and he said, you know, it's sad that the pro basketball players love basketball more than we love Jesus. Yeah. Huh? Amen. I mean, go ahead and say amen about that, right? It's bad that the pro football fans love football more than we love Jesus. Amen. You know? I mean, we can just say, we ought to be able to say amen. I mean, let's, I mean, if, can we say amen about that? You know? Right? I mean, at times, we just need to get, we just need to praise God. If the, if your football team you're cheering for scores a touchdown, we'll jump up and say, woo! And run around the living room, Right? And but when we think about what Christ did on the cross, it, that football game, you probably won't even remember it next week, but throughout all eternity, we just need to be praising him for what he's done for us, right? Amen. And we ought to be able to say, amen, praise him for who he is and what he's done. That's not what the message is going to be out today. We're going to look at Psalm 34 this morning. But... Uh, I'm just, I'm just excited about what God's doing. This week we had Vacation Bible School this past week. And I was going to praise God for what he did in Vacation Bible School. It was a, uh, I was greatly blessed by what I experienced in Vacation Bible School. You know, Vacation Bible School, it is always a tough week. It's a lot of work, you know, and stuff. 
But I must say that this past week for Vacation Bible School, it was probably for me personally the easiest Vacation Bible School that I may have ever experienced in my life except when I was a little bit of kid. I mean, the easiest Vacation Bible School I ever worked in. I mean, I mean, it, it was. Some of y'all may say, well, David, you wasn't pulling enough of your load is what the problem was. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I was greatly blessed as I saw some of our young people really just did a great job. Amen. You know? Amen. And there were some, and uh, I would, well, when you mention people, you always run the risk of not mentioning everybody. But I'm going to run that risk today because some of them need to be encouraged, right? Uh -huh. You know? I just tell you what, Jarrett taking care of all the technical stuff and everything, he'll never know what a, I'm, goodness gracious, it just freed me up. You know? I mean, took care of all, and you say, well, what, uh, I mean, he, he just took care of all that. And uh, I, I'm glad he did. I, uh, uh, others that showed such maturity in dealing and helping take care of some of the younger kids, James and Adam, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, did y'all see them in the, you know, how they dealt and helped take care of kids and stuff? Kimberly and Courtney. Y'all probably never know how much they helped Angie get ready for everything outside of vacation Bible school. And actually, I was telling the folks downstairs when we were praying this morning, I said, you know, I almost feel, and you know, I almost feel like with Courtney, it has amazed me how much she has maturely come along in the past year and a half. You know? How much God's doing in her life. You say, well, yeah. let me tell you what I feel like. Can I be transparent and honest with you? Yes, Can I be honest with you, Courtney? I mean, you're, you're going to hate me after this. But I almost felt like when Paul, in the book of Acts, after John Mark had left, and John Mark wanted to come on the next mission trip. And uh, Paul said, I ain't having nothing to do with him. He worries me to death. I mean, that's kind of my translation, but that's about what he said, right? Mm -hmm. Later, in chapter number, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul said, I'm in trouble. And the one I need you to go get is John Mark. The one that worried him to death was one he needed the most, right? Mm -hmm. Back a couple years ago, I hated to see Courtney come. <laughs> she worried me to death. She was always saying, can I go? You know, I'm not old enough, to, but can I go with y'all to wherever you're going? I mean, isn't that right, Courtney? Huh? You, know, you, know, you know, why can't I go? Why can't I, you know, why can't, you know, well, honey, you're just in the fourth grade. You're just in the fifth grade. You know, why can't, why can't I do that? You know, now, if you'd have saw everything she did for vacation Bible school, she's one that you say now, 
go get Courtney. When the on Thursday, Friday night, needed somebody registered, didn't know what to do, you know, didn't I write Tracy? What did I say? I'm going to go get Courtney. Right? You know what? I, I, I don't know about y'all, but it greatly encouraged me Amen. to see the young people, the work that they did in vacation Bible school. You say, well, what about for some it wasn't that they all did the same thing. But what encourages you is the growth that they experienced. Right? Jesse stood up in front of everybody and prayed. And you say, well, what big deal? I tell you what, I guess this is his first time you ever done that. Was it, Jesse? Yes. First time in, in front of the whole. Oh, I just tell you what, it has blessed my heart. You know? You know why this is so important? Because one day I'm not going to be here. One day you're not going to be here. We're not going to be here forever. Right? If Jesus if Jesus comes back, then we ain't going to be here because I'll be in heaven. Right? I don't know about y'all, but that's where I'll be. Right? But if not, if Jesus don't, if he tarries his coming, one day we'll all be dead. And if if there's not somebody carrying on the gospel, this world will be a mess, right? But uh, let's go on. But that, that wasn't what the message was about either. We ain't even got to the message yet. Here we go. But we're gonna be looking. But through all that, I just tell you what, in my life, it was a tough week as well. But this morning we're gonna look in Psalm 34. And as we look in Psalm 34, David has just come through a tough time in his life. And at times, you know, we're going to go through tough times in our life, aren't we? I mean, we're going to go through trouble and troublesome times in our life. And as we look in the Psalm 34, the title there of the psalm is that a psalm of David uh, when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he uh, departed. You know, there in Psalm 34, it's really referencing back, and it's talking about when David, in 1 Samuel chapter 21, he was running from Saul. Saul was pursuing him, wanting to kill David. And what David did... He ran to try to get away from Saul. He ran into the land of the Philistines. You know, I'll just go ahead and say one thing. We won't preach about this. But it's a sad day when you have to run from your family to your enemy to try to keep your uh, family from killing you, isn't it? Right? I mean, that's a sad thing, isn't it? You know what's... I mean, let's just go ahead and make one more comment. You know what destroys more Christians than anything else? Other people that are said to be Christians. Let's just, you know, we, we will preach there. We're, we're going to go on. But uh, y'all just I'll throw that in for free. But anyway, as we go on, in Psalm, in 1 Samuel chapter number 21, it said David arose and he fled that day from before Saul. And he went to Achish, the king of Gath. And you say, wait a minute now. I thought you said he went to Abimelech. I mean, it's one of his. And instead of Achish, the king of Gath. Let me go ahead and say the Philistines, they kind of called all their kings Abimelech, right? 
I mean, we see that in other places, right? I mean, all the Egyptian kings were called what? Pharaoh, right? Didn't matter what. You know, when you say, well, why do they do strange things like that back then? We do it today. Right? If I told you that I had got a letter from the president, or if I told you I had gotten a letter from Donald Trump, you would know I was talking about the same person, right? If I have told you last year that I got a letter from the president, I would have been talking about a different person. But we still, uh, I mean, we still call our leader the president, right? In the news conference, they ask them questions, Mr. President, right? I mean, so we do the same thing today. But so y'all got it, y'all y'all understand what we're at, right? But when David runs and gets, to, uh, gets there into the land of the Philistines, and they come in there, and he's there by himself, they capture him, and he thinks, what am I going to do so they won't kill me? And he starts foaming at the mouth, drooling, slamming himself down, kind of shaking around, acting like he's crazy. For some of y'all, that'd be easier than for others. But anyway, you know what? Right? The Bible tells, said that he was even afraid. He feared. And at times, I think we think of David as the little fellow playing the harp. David was the fellow they said about, and it even quotes it again in, in 1 Samuel 21. Saul has killed thousands. David has killed tens of thousands. I tell you what, with David, he was a manly man. Right? He wasn't, he wasn't somebody that was afraid of battle. He was the one, when he saw the giant, he said, let me have him, and I'm going to run and kill him. He didn't run. He didn't wait on Goliath. He ran toward him to get him. He was one that was always ready for a fight. He was one. And here this guy had come to the point in his life where he was even afraid of what was going to happen to him. And the king there, when he shows up, he said, why would you bring this madman to me? I don't want to have anything to do with him. And through all that, he ended up being delivered. He did not, he did not lose his life. And right after this, he writes this psalm, Psalm 34. As a result of this, he writes this psalm, Psalm 34. And so we're going to look at Psalm 34 today. As he's just come through these troubled times. And let's all stand uh, as well in, in honor of God's word. We're going to look at the first, read the first three verses and preach through the whole thing if we have time. Let's look. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Let's all pray. God, I just pray today as we look at your word that you would be exalted. God, I pray that we'll praise you today. We just want to glorify you and praise you because who you are. Lord, I pray for your unction to preach your word. God, I pray that today you would move in hearts today. Draw us all closer to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, here as we look, David has just came through this terrible trial, this, this experience, 
And as we see, what did David do in the midst of his trial? You know, the first thing I think we can see in this song is there was praise to the Lord. There was praise to the Lord. How many times in our life when we begin to, when we go through a tough time, what we want to do is we want to tell everybody about the hard time we just went through. Can you raise your hand if that's true? And you know what? And for pretty much all of us that raised our hand, well, we as honest, everybody else probably just wanted to lie about it. But anyway, but you know what we want to do? Oh, I had such a tough week. Oh, let me tell you what just happened to me. Oh, let me tell you all the troubles I'm, I, I just went through. Let me tell you what's just... And you know what David did? After he went through all this, think about his life. He was somebody that had been exalted, this warrior. And he had to, to humble himself to the point where he was drooling, acting like a crazy man so he wouldn't be killed. And when it was all over, he didn't say, Lord, I went through such a rough time. You know, been in the way 27 years. It gets hard sometimes. No, you know what he did? He said, praise God for what he's done for me. He said, the humble will hear about it and they'll be glad. He said, let us exalt his name. You know, for us, I wonder if when we go through a tough time, if we quit focusing on the tough time we went through and start praising God for that he's brought us through it, right? Amen. You know, I think it'll take us out of the tough time a lot quicker, right? right. You know, we, we should be able to praise him for what he's brought us through this past week. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've went through some things this past week that I'm glad that God has brought me through. Amen. And if you've went through some things this past week, the only way you've got through them is because God brought you through. Right. You know, for us today, we need to realize we need to praise Him. For David, he did not share what a hard time he went through. He began to share what God had done in his life and praise Him. You know, uh, this week, as we leave this place, as you go through trials in this life, I would challenge you, don't tell people what tough time you're going through. Tell them how God is bringing you through. Right? We need to praise Him. But not only do we see the praise to the Lord, the next thing in this chapter we see is we need to pray to the Lord. What did David say? I sought the Lord, and He heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. They looked at him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out. And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord accounts all around those who fear him. And delivers them. You know what David did? He began to share a testimony of prayer. He gave a testimony and said, I begin to cry out to God, and God began to do things in my life. And I wonder how many times when we go through trouble, we start trying to do everything we know of to do instead of spending time in prayer and calling out to God. What we need to be doing is spending more time praying. Jesus told us in John chapter 14 that we need to be praying. What did he say? Most assuredly, John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, 
He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We can be praying and asking God, God, do something in my life. Glorify through my life. Glorify the Father. He goes, uh, he continually, Jesus said, a lot of times the reason we don't get anything, we don't get what we need, is why? Because we don't ever ask. You know, for us, for David, we see first thing he did is he began to pray. He began to praise. Then he began to show how he prayed. He gave testimony to his prayer life. Next thing we can see in this chapter, as we continue on, verse 8. David challenges them to prove the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want in those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You know, for David, he challenged them. He said, just try the Lord. Test him. Taste him and see if he's good. You know, for us today, we'll never know what God can do in our life until we try and let's see what God does do in our life. You know, how can we know that God is faithful if we've never by faith stood, taken a step to trust Him? How can we know that God can supply our needs if we've never had a need for Him to supply? David said, try. Just prove, Lord. Just see what he'll do in your life. You know, we can see other places in Scripture. In Malachi, the prophet Malachi quoted what God said. And as he began to talk about giving and giving to God and tithing, giving a tenth, he even challenged the people. And said, try me on this. And just see if I won't pour out a blessing. You know, Paul, in Philippians chapter number 4, he gave testimony. And verse 11, he said, now I speak in regard to me. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to be broke. And I know how to abound. I know how to have money. He said, everything in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he goes on and he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what Paul said? He said, I've went through times in my life where I've had more stuff than I knew what to do with. And I've went through times in my life when I could not pay the power bill. And he said, through all of it, I realized that Christ in me, I can, I can make it. You know, if Paul hadn't went through the time when he is hungry, he wouldn't have known that God could be faithful during the times he was hungry. 
But because he went through the tough times, he was able to trust. He trusted God and he saw that God brought him through. Here, the psalmist said, just try. Why don't you just trust God? Why don't you just trust him and see if he'll come through for you? You know, just taste him and see. See what he'll do in our life. You cannot truly know the provisions of God till by faith you've trusted God <coughs> and proved him. How can I tell you that God is sufficient if I won't trust him myself? Right? You know, for me, in my life, I don't know about y'all, but I've had opportunities to trust God. And it's difficult when you, especially somebody you love, you see God giving them that opportunity to trust God. But I remember in my life, before I had really surrendered to the call to preach and just, you know, said, yes, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I was doing fairly well financially. And I had this thought in my mind, which was the truth. But anyway, I had this thought in my mind. David, if you quit your job and go into this thing of ministry, just know you're going to be broke the rest of your life. You know what? It's the greatest decision that I ever made. I guess y'all can look at me and see what he went hungry yet. Right? <laughs> you know what? What we need to do, David said, we need to taste the Lord. We need to prove him. We need to see by faith, trust him that to do whatever it is he had wanted us to do. And just give it a try. See what see what'll come up. Let him let him prove that he's faithful. But I think as we continue through this passage, the next thing we can see David relates to us in this psalm is we need to be pursuing the Lord. Verse number 11. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You know what he said? The psalmist said, come listen. He said, teach the fear of the Lord. We need to be pursuing God with everything we have. You know, I heard this past week a fellow made a statement and I thought, goodness, I've never thought of it this way. Goes so far against so much theology in America today and it's just true. He said, show me one place in the Bible where God tells you to halfway give your life to Christ. Show me a place in the Bible. He said, partially surrender your will to His. Semi-follow God. 
You know what Jesus talked about, what the Bible teaches, is total surrender. Total following Christ. Totally. For the disciples, it was a matter of life and death. It was a total transformation. That's what the Bible teaches for us. And in America, we've got this thing of, well, you can come and trust Christ as your Savior, and then maybe when you get so old you can't do anything else, then you can surrender your life to Him right before you die and give everything to God then. No, the Bible is it's all about totally following Christ. <laughs> Here, David told them, you need to learn the fear of God. We need to be pursuing God. Why do we want to see just what the minimum is we can do to get by? Why don't we want to just give everything to God? Why don't we want to just do everything we can, live as holy as we can, instead of trying to live, well, now, I mean, there's, had somebody debating me the other day about whether something was a sin or not. And in my mind, I'm thinking, haven't you got enough sense to know that that's a sin? Right? Haven't you got enough sense to know it's hindering your Christian life? And you're trying to debate me on whether you can live like the world and call yourself a Christian. Why don't we just want to live holy? Why don't we see how holy we can live? I wonder how many folks show up to the football coach and say, Coach, now what's the very minimum I can do to stay on the team? Derek, did you ever do that? Go up and say, you know, well, Coach, I really do. You know, I want to be part of the team. I want to wear the jersey. I want to play a few plays on Friday night. What's the minimum I can do? How much do you think he'd have let you play? Huh? The minimum? Yeah. I'll let you... Ride the bench from the stadium. Right me from the stands, right? You can pay your way to get in the football game, right? But why do we have that impression as Christians? I just want to do the minimum. Why aren't we pursuing God with everything we have? You know, here, when David mentions this thing of keep your tongue from evil, I started thinking about what James talked about in the book of James. You know what James said in James chapter 1? He said, if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, he bridle his tongue, uh, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. James realized that if you keep keep your mouth shut when you ought to keep your mouth shut, your relationship with Christ is not doing much for you. You know why one of the toughest things to do is keep your mouth shut when you're to keep your mouth shut. Can somebody say amen right there? Amen. I mean, I know even this past week with me, someone shared some things and I'll tell you the truth. I, uh, in our just within us. We want to go talk about it. Right? 
But you know what I did? You know what I did, Skip? I kept my mouth shut. When somebody snaps off and says something, one thing I realized this week, God called, you know, Paul told us, the anger of men does not produce the righteousness of God. So many times something happens in our life, maybe it's just me, y'all are much more pious than I am, I'm sure. <laughs> somebody says something, I just want to go ahead and give them what for, right? But we need to be controlling our tongue. If we're surrendered to God, we need to, I mean, that, that's the toughest thing we do. If we can get that under control, everything else is going to kind of fall in place. As I was reading through James, and I don't know, I've just, have you ever just missed something? I, I just kind of missed this. The James chapter 5 and verse 8. And I think this is something maybe <coughs> ever. Every Baptist church that needs to be read twice a service. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. You know one of the biggest problems we have as Baptists? Grumbling against one another. Can we say amen right there? Right? We don't need to grumble against each other. We need to hold our tongue. We need to be pursuing God. If we spend our time pursuing Christ, there was there, a lot of this stuff that we worry about, whether it's sin or not, it'll fall away. Paul said, if I'm going to make my brother stumble, I'll never eat meat again. Right? I'll do whatever I can to try to live holy before God and holy before others. We can see here in this passage. David started out after he went through the tough time. First thing he did, he began to pray. He began to praise God. He shared how he had prayed to God and how God had heard him. We see that he challenges us to prove God. Come and taste God. Just see what God's like in his life. Then he comes and he challenges us to pursue God. And the last thing we can see is the protection of God. How God, if we will look to him that He is going to be there for us. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, verse 15. And His ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of, out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. You know what? David said if we're trusting in God. He will redeem us. We don't have to worry about condemnation from God. We need to be trusting Him. He will bring us through. David tells us we're going to experience troubles. But God will be there with us. He's hearing <clears throat> our cry. 
I wonder so many times when we think God is not hearing our cry, it's because He's not, because we're not living the righteous life that we should be. But here, David said, God sees what's going on. God knows what's going on. I remember when I was a little kid, I was in about the seventh grade, and uh, we were going on a trip with some other folks, some other kids, and as we were going on the trip, my daddy at that time, we had a station wagon. Y'all remember those? You know? <laughs> Back in, when I grew up, it was okay that people did not buckle their seatbelts. You know? That's probably a good thing now. I'd probably have a lot less whoopings if I'd have been buckled in instead of in the back of the station wagon fighting with my brothers. But anyway, you testify to that band too. Amen. Uh -huh. right. <laughs> but me and this some more boys, and I, early on, I realized that fighting was not my forte. You ever just realize that? Because <laughs> what I realized is when you got in a fight and somebody hit you, it hurt. I mean, I just, you know, it didn't take me but just a few times to learn that. I just, you know, so I just, I would rather not done that, you know. But as we were going on that trip, and there's me and several of us, several of my friends and stuff was back there in the back of the station wagon and we were wrestling around and fighting and stuff and it didn't bother me. You know why? Because I realized my daddy was driving the station wagon. And if things got too rough, I knew he'd pull over and pull us off. No, I mean, I knew he'd pull over and get me out of trouble. Right? You know, I wonder in our life how much difference we live our Christian life if we truly realize that our Father in Heaven was watching to see what was going on to us. And if we truly, really got in trouble, He'd be the one to deliver us. That's what the psalmist said. God knows what's going on. You know, this morning, I don't know what your week's been like this past week. I don't know if it's been a good week or a tough week. But if it's been a good week, there will be a tough week coming. And when you go through trials in this life, how are you going to react? The psalmist, after he went through one of the most humiliating things that any of us could probably imagine, what did he start out doing? He started out and he said, I just want to praise God. He brought me through. After that, he began to give a testimony of how he prayed. God was there to answer. He next came back and he challenged us, taste and see if God will do the same for you. Just try it. Step out on faith. Trust him. He then urged us to pursue the Lord. 
seek Him, flee evil, run toward God. And He closed out the song with sharing how God had watched over Him and how God would watch over us. How different could that, how much of a difference could that make in our life? When we go through tough times, we react the way the songs do. We're going to have a time of prayer and a hymn of invitation. Maybe you just need to come pray. Maybe you're in the midst of a tough time. Maybe you went through a tough time and reacted in a way different than the psalmist and said, God, give me strength. Maybe you've come, you have never trusted Christ as your Savior. Whatever your need, the altar will be open for you. Lord, I just pray. Lord, I thank you for your encouragement through this song. God, I pray that others were encouraged. God, I pray, Lord, that when we do go through tough times, we won't talk about the tough time that we went through, but God, we'll be praising you for that you brought us through. Lord, I pray that we realize that we need to be praying and seeking your face instead of on our own trying to make it through. Lord, I just pray each one of us give us the strength. Lord, strengthen our faith that we would prove Lord, that we taste and see that you are good. Lord, that we pursue your holiness, realizing that you are, have our best at heart. God, I pray that you speak through your word today and change lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's understand. I pray thou with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.